Well, good morning. Hey, it is so good to be in worship with you today. And I'm so glad that if you're joining us online that you're able to be a part of what God is doing in this place today. Hey, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? Pretty good? Pretty good? I didn't sound like everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Come on. All right, I, okay, here's the thing. I love Thanksgiving. It is probably my favorite holiday. Yeah, I know, you sound surprised. Mom, what are you giving me that look for? It really is my favorite holiday because you get time with friends and family, you get lots of good food, and you get pie. Seriously? Yeah, come on, where's my pie people at? Let's go. We get some excitement for some pie. Thank you, Lord, for pie. You seriously cannot go wrong with pie after Thanksgiving dinner. I'm talking um, chocolate pie. I'm talking peanut butter pie. I'm talking chocolate peanut butter pie. Um, you're catching a theme, right? Uh, pecan is also a good one. Pumpkin and sweet potato. Those are all good as well. And I mean, honestly, um, every pie is good. But I've been giving my mom a lot of grief about her secret recipe for her chocolate silk pie. Mom, I love you. So I've, I've been telling my kids that her secret recipe is that she just sends grandpa out to go get the pie. And she's been offended by that, but I just want to set the record straight in front of the public so she knows. She makes her pies from scratch, legitimately, yeah. And this year's chocolate silk pie was the best ratio of chocolate and cocoa powder. It was delicious, but seriously, hands down, some of the best pie possible. Now, if I were to, what? I love you too, mom. I love you too. All right, I wasn't going for that, but all right, I'll take it. Uh, you know, if there's one thing that I have grief about with Thanksgiving, it's that we don't spend nearly enough time celebrating. Can you feel me? So we go, let, let, let's wind the clock back a little bit and you start looking at September. Everybody's getting all these like excitement. They're getting excited because the leaves just started to turn and you had that like one cold day in the middle of the 80 degree September. And then you're like, okay, we're going to break out the flannel. We're going to decorate the house. We're going to get ready for Halloween and we're going to get our kids. We're going to be thinking about for at least four to eight weeks what their costume is going to be. We're going to buy all the Halloween candy. And then uh, come November 1st, Christmas, you change it over. Now, I'm not going to complain about this because they do put the Reese's Pumpkins on clearance, 30 to 50% off, right there next to all of the tree trimmings. But it's like we kind of just move way past Thanksgiving and we just hop into Christmas. And I have no grief with Christmas. Just I want you to hear that. There's no grief with Christmas. I just wish we could spend more than one day celebrating Thanksgiving and thanking God and showing gratitude, you know? And I think as a culture, it's really easy for us to just kind of skip over all of this because you know, November 1, we were already getting emails and text messages and all of these things about Black Friday. Black Friday's coming. It's coming, and before, you know, and they're happy to get you those deals well in advance. Like, I actually think back to, like, years ago, a couple years ago, when Walmart was open on Thanksgiving Day. You guys remember that? Being open on Thanksgiving Day and people going out and getting their deals right after they had their fill of turkey and pie and everything good but they're out and they're doing that. And, and society kind of tells us to do that. You know, it, we're encouraged to consume because you've worked hard enough that you've earned it. And if you didn't work hard enough, you got to work harder so you can earn it. 
And then you're working and doing and doing all these things so that you can amass what? More stuff, more things. You fill your life with more activities to try and fill this void that we have. And so, you know, I think it's pretty easy for us to be able to kind of skip over that. And also, I think sometimes when we're wrestling with this idea of gratitude around Thanksgiving, like Mark had shared, you know, sometimes it reminds us of a difficult season in our lives. Thanksgiving may have been the last time grandma was at the, at the dinner table, or it might have been the last time dad was there before he left, you know, or it reminds you of a difficult season where you were let go of a job or where you weren't able to provide a turkey for your family. And I get it. These are all very painful things, and sometimes it's difficult to express gratitude and thanksgiving in those moments. Like, I remember when my grandma had passed, and that first Thanksgiving, there was no amount of pie or Black Friday sales that could numb the pain in my life by the void that was left from her absence. And so, whatever that thing might be for you today, whether it's, you know, feeling like you've earned whatever you've got and you're not expressing gratitude, or maybe it's the, the, the pain of the absence or the, the painful reminder of something else. I want to encourage you to put a pin in that because we're going to come back to that later today, okay? Put a pin in that. But needless to say, I think it's easy for us to kind of skip over being thankful and expressing gratitude And yet, we have a difficult time finding things to be thankful for. Here's a great question for you this morning. If you woke up today with everything you thanked God for last night, what would you have? What would you have? It's a difficult one. I'm not not expecting you to answer that out loud, but... What it really points to is that thankfulness is a heart issue for so many of us. You know, we've been in this series, It's Spiritual, where we're looking at the connection between our treasure and our hearts. And you see, our hearts and our treasure are connected so well, and it goes hand in hand between our treasure and our thankfulness or our gratitude. And so we're going to talk about this heart issue today. So if you're ready, I want to share with you a secret that's going to help unlock this area of your heart and radically transform your life. All right? So let's take a moment and pray and just remind us of God's presence in this place this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity that we get to come together and worship you. Whether we're in person or whether we're online, God, we're, we're thankful to be in your presence today. And God, would you remind us of your nearness? Would you remind us of your love and your, your grace and your provision in our lives? And uh, God, would you stir in us? Would you move in us? And would you help us to have hearts that are not hardened by entitlement or hardened by pain, but softened by your love and so that we can uh, respond to your word accordingly today? We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, thankfulness. This is an interesting word. I looked it up just to make sure that I was speaking about it appropriately. But thankfulness is a really interesting word. Okay? 
it means, it, it, it's, a, uh, it's an awareness of benefiting from something that comes uh, as an expression of gratitude, okay? So you are aware of benefiting from something or a gift, and it comes out as an expression of gratitude. And so when we think about that word, it probably conjures a lot of different things in our minds, maybe that thing that you put your pin in this morning, but it still makes us think about something. It's this awareness, you know, it's, it's a conscious habit to be thankful, to be perceptive of the things that are going on in and around your life, the things that God is doing in your life, and showing gratitude for that. Gratitude can be an extremely powerful force. Harvard had actually done a study on gratitude, and I want to share this with you. They found that with gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives more often. And in the process, people usually recognize that the source of goodness lies at least partially outside of themselves. As a result, gratitude helps people connect to something larger than themselves as individuals. It helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good memories or experiences, improves their health, deal with the adversity, and build strong relationships. That's pretty cool, right? And that's what Harvard has discovered. If we look at Scripture, we find in Scripture the Hebrew word for thankfulness is todah, T-O-D-A-H. Kind of sounds like ta-da, but it's todah, todah. Todah basically means responding to God in praise, in confession, and thanksgiving. And it's used throughout Scripture, specifically in the Old Testament, almost 30 times. And in Psalms, it's used 11. That's probably the, the highest use of Todah in there. But if you know anything about the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms has lots of different themes. We've got some Psalms that are specifically about thanksgiving and praise. You know, and we, we experience a whole wide range of motions, emotions here, but Psalm 95, verse 22, let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us come to him with todah, and let us sing psalms of praise to him. Or like Psalm 136, you've probably heard or sung this before. Give thanks to our Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Not only is this literally thanksgiving, but it is an act of praise and confession. Now, the reason why I like psalms is that, one, there's a wealth of them, but they're so relatable. There are some that are psalms of lament. So basically, like, pain, complaining. And it's easy to try to relate to some of these, you know, because not everything's sunshine and rainbows in my life, and maybe... You can agree with some of that. But when you think about Psalm 13, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. And I will sing to the Lord because he is good 
to me. And there's more where that came from in the Psalms, but that's just one that's so moving, so heart-wrenching when I think about that. And yet, they, todah, they give thanks to God in those painful moments. And I think the, the great thing about the Psalms is that they give us a great picture of how to uh, practice gratitude. Or to say it another way, the psalmists help us understand how to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. You know, an attitude of gratitude is making a conscious decision in our lives, despite whatever may be going on, whether we've had a, a great day or a not-so-great day, that we are able to be aware of and to thank God for his abundant blessings in our lives. It's the mental shift that helps us move from a scarcity mindset where we lack to a mindset of abundance. You know, when we have a scarcity mindset, and I think this is where we find ourselves kind of trapped sometimes, it's when we get focused on our lack of, whatever it might be. You can think of whatever you might lack, but you probably hear some situations where we just don't have enough people to do this. We don't. How can we do this? We don't have enough time. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough money. You know, we don't have enough, followed by whatever else. That's a scarcity mindset. It never seems like we're enough. We feel like we are stuck wherever we are. And it's difficult, you know, when we're in a scarcity mindset for us to be able to shift our eyes away from those things and to focus on what God has given us. You know, we start thinking, maybe God isn't moving in my life. I didn't get the job. I didn't get the raise. God didn't provide the raise. God didn't provide the job. And we start thinking about and obsessing maybe over some of those things. But let me say it again. When we have a scarcity mindset, when we get focused on these things, it can become dangerous. When we have this mindset, we can find ourselves in situations where we want to hoard and hide or we can abide. We can hoard and hide or we can abide. When we focus on what we don't have, we all of a sudden start looking at our calendars, at our checkbooks, and we go, I don't have enough time. I'm going to start hanging on to this stuff as tightly as I possibly can. We look at our checkbooks and go, we're in the red. We're overdrafting all the time. I have no means to give. I'm swimming in debt. I got to hang on to whatever I can. You know, we're, maybe when we think about other resources, we think about our talents. I'm not gifted like John over here. There's nothing that, I just pointed over this way. I don't know if there's a John over here. Okay. <laughs> just letting you know. I'm just pointing in this general direction. I don't, I'm not gifted in this way like John is. There's nothing that I can contribute. There's no place for me. And you know, when we're faced in these scarce situations, it can become sad because we are, we are focused on these types of things. And I tell you, I've been there. I've done that. I've got the t-shirt for all of those. Amen? Somebody, come on. So rather than listening to the Holy Spirit's leading in these situations where the Holy Spirit might be nudging us to take the time to spend 15 minutes with somebody who's grieving, to uh, reassess 
our coffee habits and give to what God wants you to do in this situation over here. We hang on to these things and we don't want to let go. Now, that's hoarding, right? We're just sort of amassing things because we feel like there's not nearly enough. When we think about hiding, so Mark had shared a couple weeks ago, the parable of the talents. I love this one. Are you familiar? You remember? Okay, so the parable of the talents, a master is getting ready to leave. You don't know where the master is going, but he has entrusted three of his servants with different amounts of talents or resources. He gives one five, he gives one two, and he gives one one. So the two that had five and two, they go, they invest, and when the master comes back, they have a return that's positive. And they're applauded, they're celebrated for their faithfulness and the, the good use or the good stewardship of those resources. Now, the one that I want to hone in on is the one who had one talent out of fear, out of anxiety. That one dug a hole, buried the talents in the ground to hide them. And we don't know, I mean, we do have some idea of fear as the motivator, but it could have been fear that they would have lost it. I don't know if they were forgetful. That it could have been stolen. But fear, fear had driven that servant to hide what God or what, what the master had given them. And so in the same way, when we think about that in our own lives, when God has given us resources, you know, we can try to amass or hoard those types of things, but often we can be driven by fear and we hide them in the ground. You know, it's in these types of situations that when we find ourselves being fearful, anxious, we can pray and invite God into those situations to do a work not only in us, but also in those specific situations. We're inviting God's presence, which also invites God's peace. So think about that. When you're inclined to hoard or to hide, you can invite God's presence and invite God's peace into that situation. Now, this is where I want you to take that pin and pull it out of that item. Yep, thank you, Andy. That's good. But pull, pull that item down and think about it now and ask this question. What would it look like to invite God into this through thankfulness? What would it look like to invite God into this through thankfulness. You know, when we start asking that question, it helps us to begin the process of shifting our mindset away from scarcity to abundance, but it also shifts our mindset away from my will to thy will. It is no longer me trying to control what I have right here. I'm now releasing that control to God. And it's when we're stuck in these types of situations that we want to control them as best as we can. We saw the, the servant bury the talent, trying to control that situation out of fear. We go and we amass things maybe out of fear and scarcity. So we are releasing control to God. And when we express gratitude, we're not only releasing the control, but we're beginning to shift our mindset away from the scarcity into the abundance. Here, David, as he shares in Psalm 121, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Help, my help, 
comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's in this moment that David is sharing this. He's sharing these words despite knowing where the win or the blessing might come from. He's not completely sure. He does know his provision and his help comes from God. But even in that moment, he doesn't know if there's going to be a victory. He just knows that God will provide. So despite not being able to see the blessing, despite not being able to see the victory, he still gives thanksgiving. And how often do we find ourselves not knowing where the next paycheck, where the next meal, or some of these things may be coming from? We can still give thanks to God. So we talked about hoarding. We talked about hiding. I want to talk about abiding. When we cultivate this attitude of gratitude, not only does it help us shift away from hoarding and hiding, but it's an opportunity for us to abide. And we can either abide in God, abide in Christ, or we can abide in our problems. Now, Jesus speaks specifically into this with one of the verses that we used for almost like as, as a foundation for our series. When Jesus is saying, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. And thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be, right? Or wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. But he continues in verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink, whether you have clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So verse 25, when we're talking about abiding, we have the opportunity to abide in Christ or abide in our problems. How often do you go into your closet, you open the doors and you go, I have nothing to wear. I got to go out and buy more clothes. And you fill your closet up, and you're going to wear that stuff for a week or two until it falls apart or until it goes out of style. And then you got to go and fill your closet with more. Or, I'm really guilty of this, you go, you look in the fridge or the pantry, man, there's no food in here. Now, the reality is there's food in the fridge, there's food in the pantry, you just don't want to put in the work to make some of those things, and that's okay. Or you might legitimately not have food, and that... I mean, that, that, those can be real concerns, but we look into these things and we go, okay, well, I got to go and get more groceries. So then you go and get more groceries. You spend 100, I don't know how much you spend on groceries, but you fill up your refrigerator and your pantry and then you're like, okay, great. Let's go out to eat. Okay. And then you come back and you're like, man, the milk is expired. The, all we got are pickles and mustard now. You had to throw out all this other stuff and now you're in this vicious cycle where you're abiding in your situation, you're abiding in your problem, but you're not abiding in Christ. You know, when we think of these situations where we might be fearful, where we might be anxious, we're worrying about what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, where our check is going to come from, where our peace might be coming from, those are situations that we can invite God into. And if you can think about one of those types of situations, God wants to do a great work in that area of your life because God desires to stretch us to have greater faith and trust in him. 
God wants to take us into deeper levels of faith in him and to continue to rely on him rather than relying on ourselves. You know, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. These are opportunities to ask God, to say, God, I'm worried about the food in the fridge. I'm worried about the red in my bank account. God, help me to not be anxious. Help me to see if these are things that I'm worried about or if you're worried about. Is this something that I need to be concerned with, God? And again, it's an opportunity for us to be able to be led into deeper levels of faith in him. You know, are you willing to give thanks to God, like David did, not knowing the outcome of the situation? Or are you going to allow fear? Are you going to allow scarcity to be the motivator in your life? So I want to ask that question. If you're staring at a scarce situation, are you going to hoard and hide? Or are, are you going to abide? You know, when we find ourselves in scarce situations, we can start thinking about, well, how or what can I actually be thankful for? It's easy to maybe get in that mindset. And I want to encourage you. So got this jar here. This is something that we've done in our house. It's a gratitude jar. But if you think about this jar as your life, and it's empty, it's void of gratitude, what can you start being thankful for today? Start small, right? I woke up. Thank you, God. Goes in the jar. I got breath in my lungs. Breath, B-R-E-A-T-H. Don't laugh. I, it's all right. You guys aren't checking spelling. But thank you, God. Okay? Now, how about, like, the pile of dishes in your sink? Can you give thanks to God for that? Yes, you can. Dish, if you got dirty dishes, you know what that means? You got food. Okay, thank you for food. Say what? Or you had a gathering, right? You had people over. Okay, so now you got moments with friends. Okay? Right? That goes in the jar. So you start thinking about some of these things. Can you shift your mindset in those situations? Or when we start thinking about our, our finances, and the fact that God was able to provide all of these things now through the blessing of your ability to work or to have a job, he provided that for you. Put that in the jar. And if you start small, you shouldn't have any problem being able to fill that gratitude jar at all. But, and here's the thing, when we realize that God has provided everything, everything, everything that we need, he's not going to call you to give something that he has not already supplied you with. So when he's asking you to give of your time, when he's asking you to give of your finances, he's already given you those gifts. 
So he's not going to ask you to supply something or to give something that he has not already supplied. But if we think about the best gift that God has given us, Jesus Christ, that should radically transform the way that we are able to express gratitude. You know, we can come over here and we can start thinking, John 3.16, that God loved us so much that he gave his only son so that all who would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. Put that in the jar. Or you think about that while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. Thank you for your grace. Here's another one. Thank you for your mercy. If you just start with those two things, the fact that God loved us so much that he gave his only son so that all who would believe in him would not perish and that while we were still sinners that Christ died for us, we should be able to like fill this jar 10,000 times over. We should have no problem filling this jar up every single day with thanksgiving and gratitude to God for what he has done. Because when we realize that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift that we could ever receive, I'm talking like greater than any Black Friday deal that you can find at Target, greater than any Cyber Monday deal that you can find at Amazon. And guess what? It is absolutely free for you to receive. When we realize that God is the greatest gift giver of all, it transforms our heart transforms our mind and helps us to live out this attitude of gratitude. We are no longer focused on what we don't have, but we're focused on what God has already given us. I mean, here's the thing. We can sit here and we can have a message series about giving, and it can make us generous for a season. But when you think about the gospel, that can make you generous for a lifetime. And the same thing goes with gratitude because generosity and gratitude are linked. They're both expressions of our heart. You know, when we realize that God has given so much to us, we want to return that back to him. And we want to return praise and thanksgiving back to God. So a message series can make us grateful for a season, four or five weeks, maybe a little bit after that. But when we realize the transformative power of the gospel, we'll be grateful for a lifetime. You know, when we cultivate this attitude of gratitude, the gospel is the key to transforming our lives. When we come back to that truth time and time again, we should have no problem filling our gratitude jars or filling our journals with thanksgiving. Our prayer should be overflowing with gratitude to God. And maybe you're here today tired of this entitled feeling in your life. Like you've done all this stuff to earn it. Newsflash, you didn't do anything to earn God's grace. You may have earned the wage that you had to go buy those Black Friday deals, that 72-inch smart TV that you got sitting over your fireplace. But there's nothing that you could do 
to earn the grace of God. Because God loves you so, so incredibly much. And so that can help us shift away from these feelings of entitlement, like we've done this, we've earned this, and instead we can be thankful for what God has blessed us with. And you know, maybe you're here today and you're reminded of a painful season in your life, or maybe you are going through a painful season right now. God is with you in that moment. And if you can move from that lack of to the abundance of, you can be reminded that God, his presence, he's with you more and more in these moments. He's not distant and far. Like the psalmist would ask and question, God, where are you? He's right there with you, and he wants to be there with you. And he wants you to remember that he's there. And so when we give thanksgiving, it's an opportunity to praise God, to remember, to todah, and to even confess like where we have fallen short where we can continue to stretch and grow, to rely on him. Now imagine this, the beautiful thing about gratitude, when we all practice this attitude of gratitude, not only is it going to transform our own personal lives, but it's an opportunity for us to remember, one, the blessing was already given to us, so that we can be generous and bless others. Like Mark had shared, we've got this tree of hope out in the lobby. This is an opportunity for us to provide gifts for children and families in need. And we get to be a part of that. Not we have to, we get to. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing in the world, right? Put it in the jar. We get to do that. And we get to impact our community for Christ in a real and powerful way. When we think about opportunities, not just to give, but to serve. God, thank you for giving me the gift of fill in the blank. We get to participate in what you're doing right here in the world. You know, imagine this generation. I'm talking our youth. I'm talking our kids. Imagine them being able to hear the love of God in a very real, powerful, and relevant way. And you got to be a part of that because of the blessing that God has poured out on you. You want to see that happen in somebody else's life time and time again. And so you can be generous to the local church because ministry is happening. We're seeing youth and children hearing of the love of God in very real and tangible ways. And we can say, thank you, God, for that opportunity. And we can say, thank you, God, for the freedom that you've provided in my life and so I want to be able to see that. We get to see that happen in other people's lives when they're coming to Christ or when people are walking through our doors every single week in our support groups. They get to experience hope and healing. And that same freedom that you got to experience too. So when we think about all of this, when we think about our hearts and our treasure, and wherever your treasure is, your heart will follow. 
we get the opportunity to not just allow our heart to follow where our treasure is, but we get to give it right back to God. And it all starts with gratitude. So today I want to invite you, as we get ready to pray, I want to invite you to just bow your head and invite God into whatever situation you might be going through today. Whether it's a difficult financial situation, wondering where ends meet may come. I want to invite you to, to pray and just to thank God. If you're dealing with a, a painful season in your life, bearing the, the, the weight and the pain of the absence of someone, I want to invite you to thank God for the moments that you had and the moments that will come as a result of the, the impact that they've had on your life. And if you're here and you're feeling entitled like you've earned it, I want to invite you to just simply say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this moment to recenter my heart and my mind on you and the fact that you, God, are the one who provided abundantly and exceedingly more than I could ever ask or imagine. It's not by my work, but it's by the work of your hand, God, your provision, your love, and your grace in my life. And so, Father, we today, with our hands, palms up, we just, we're, we're thankful. Sometimes there's just no other words, but thank you, God. We're thankful for your love and your grace and your provision in our lives. We're thankful that you see things from a perspective that is far greater than our own that even when we might have blinders on and we're looking in the fridge or we're looking in the closet or we're looking in our checkbook or we're looking at our calendar and we're going, where will this come from? That we can time and time again refocus ourselves on you and to remember that you, God, provide every single thing that we need. And God, for those that might be here today that need that sense of hope, that need that reminder that you love them so much that you sent your son and that they can step into this relationship with you. That, God, that they can do that right now. That they can come before you and say, God, I love you and I thank you for sending your son to be a sacrifice for me, for my sins, so that I could live in eternity with you. God, I want to live for you. I want to put away my old self. I don't want to step into what you have for me, God. And I want to live my life for you and to help others know you the same. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>